trades that Miko Rantanen's been a part of. Uh, Miko Rantanen for Matt Chuck and Tim Stutzla. Miko Rantanen and Jake Ottinger for Tage Thompson and Rasmus Dahlin. Miko Rantanen for JVR, Phoenix Copley, and Jared McCann. So I think Braden Point and Chandler Stevenson might fly. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We are your hosts today, TJ and Raj. Hey there. We are Five Hole Fantasy Hockey. You can find us on Twitter at FHF Hockey. You can find us in the Fantasy Hockey Discord. Always bumping. So let's get right into it, man. The storylines that I want to bring up before we get into injuries or any of that. Max Pacioretty, red hot since coming back with the Hurricanes, man. And he's a good player, and I kind of expected it, but I'm going to say I didn't expect... He's already got three goals in his first four games. So, yes. yeah, we're shooting 23%. He's shooting a bunch. He's got 13 shots through these four games. I thought there was going to need to be like a little bit of getting used to the water. You know what I mean? I, he is 34. He's been on a couple teams already, so he knows kind of the drill. We've got three goals, one on the power play already. Uh, he's getting a good share of power play time. Max Pacioretty looking <laughs> like he's he's swung right back into the swing of things. You expect the the shots, but you don't really expect like a, a shooting percentage to be like that. But he's definitely didn't take much time to get back on track, right? Like I think he had one game uh, and he's been producing ever since. So I thought he might get lucky once, like, you know, one goal through the first few games or whatever, but he's got three already. Uh, 68, yeah, no. 68% rostered. So one out of every three leagues, you can still go get Max Pacioretty at this point. And the time on ice is climbing. I mean, we're only four games in, but so far things look pretty good. Uh, his first game, he saw, you know, not too much time. He saw um, 16 and then 16 and then close to 17. And then there's a game going on right now. So we'll see what happens there. All right, next storyline. Uh, Buffalo, they're going with three goalies. Uka Pekalukkanen is going to stay with the team. They just activated Eric Comrie. They still have Craig Anderson. So this is just going to be a frustrating situation. We've had a couple three-headed goalie monsters in the past, uh, going back to the taxi squad with the COVID season. And we remember how frustrating that was. And I, I think uh, Dallas was close to doing it last year, but like Hudobin and Holtby could never really stay healthy enough to have a three-headed goalie monster. Uh, they almost had a four-headed goalie monster with Ben Bishop, but we we know how that one kind of uh, went through. But w- what's your what's your take on this? UPL, Eric Comrie, Buffalo actually surprisingly good, uh, and their goalies they're they're taking volume and they're winning games. So I don't know. I mean, it feels dirty, but I I wouldn't mind having a Buffalo goalie nowadays. But it's just you have a one in three chance of getting it right. Well, I don't know that any of them are getting it right. Really, like. The the volume can't be there, uh, obviously. I mean, I think Craig Anderson has, which is a terrible thing to say, but I mean, he's been the best in the last, like in the last 30 days, he's got a 9.43 in the last four games, but only two of those are wins. All in all, like the volume's not going to be there. And I'm just... I'm just not into it with the Buffalo goalies. I don't know. They score goals and they let in a lot of goals. So I, I like their offense. It's the, you know, similar situation to the Canucks. I like their offense. I hate their goalies. Like if you look at their last bunch of 
games, right? Last game, four goals against, four goals against, five goals against, four goals against. So even their wins, they're winning 6-5, they're winning 5-4. So, you know, even at the best of times, it's not a goalie place. And if you're getting a third yeah. of a sub-average goalie triad, I'm, you know, it doesn't take much math. To, to figure out that it's probably not a good hold, that's for sure. I mean, maybe a stream if somebody's playing because Buffalo can win, but... I think that's the most important bullet point here is that, you you know, there's three goalies that are going to get starts. There's what? There's 40 games left. If it's split evenly, you're looking at like 14, 13-ish games for each goalie, and that's a lot of roster space to only get potentially 13 starts. But, you know, I don't think it's going to be... I'm so used to saying 50-50, but like 33-33-33, yeah, it, it's rough. I, I think spot starts the way to go. UPL is going to be a tough drop. He's 6-0 and in his last six games with uh, some pretty good stats coming through. Uh, I like the tweet that you put out today. Um, you know, Sabres are 21st in the NHL, but they have the same goal differential as the Canes, who are in third place. Well, I mean, like the difference there, right, is um, Brindamore coaches to win and he knows how to win. Buffalo is just so volatile, right? Like Buffalo is a high upside, low floor kind of situation, right? Canes are just like a, a solid, solid upside with not much of a downside as a team. So, yeah, I, I like... Um, I like Buffalo for offense always and uh, goalies if I'm very desperate. There were a couple really keen listeners in the last episode that caught that um, I kind of shoehorned our playoffs, which has a two-week final, as weeks 21 through 23. So our playoffs are 21 through 24. Um, and a couple really um, you know, on-the-ball listeners caught, caught that and were like, hey, you said this and that's wrong. And it is. So, um, you know, I had meant to say that um, it didn't end April 2nd, that it ends March 26th. But you're still looking at the same teams, Colorado, Buffalo, et cetera, et cetera. So thank you guys for for catching me on that one. couple late storylines here. Anton Lundell skating on the top line in Florida, definitely something to watch. You know, they don't get many off nights down in Florida, but uh, I like that for a spot start. And tonight, Yaro Askarov getting his first NHL start. Kevin Lankinen is sick. Askarov's the next guy up. He was called up and going to get the start against the Montreal Canadiens. It's a good way to get your feet wet in the league. And right now, I I don't know. I'm extremely excited to see how that game is going to go. Yeah, interesting. First round pick, highest Russian-born goalie ever drafted. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Just what we need is more more goalies to consider right yeah Just, side note uh matthews is did not end up playing tonight so he's uh he's uh i just noticed so as roger just said austin matthews day-to-day you know supposedly it's a lingering injury that's been bothering him for a while and it makes sense because he's only got <laughs> and you hate to say it like only uh 12 points in his last 10 games so i don't know like a 40 goal pace seems like a slump for for Austin Matthews. And and that's just how spoiled we are with how good he is. So let him get better. Uh, hopefully he comes back 110% like we're used to seeing. Yeah. So we'll see how he goes into the weekend. Rupe Hintz still out upper body injury. He could just be out these two games of the road trip. Pete DeBoer said it's not, well, he doesn't believe it's going to be long-term could be back as early as Saturday when they go home uh, to play Calgary flames. Chris Kreider day to day with an upper body injury. What's interesting here is Alexi Lafreniere practicing in his spot on the top line, took his spot on net front 
on the power play as well. So spot start for Lafreniere. What do you think? I mean, sure. Top line, top power play. That's the recipe, right? Yep. First overall draft pick. Um, yeah, I mean, if there's a time, that's that's the time. And he's obviously going to be given her because he's fallen way out of favor and taken way long to, to get anywhere. So definitely good for a, for a spot start if he's going to get that top line time. But, I mean, you know, I, I was sort of expecting him to, to progress way more this year than he has. He just, he just really hasn't. But uh, now would be the time to, yeah. to supplement for sure. I mean, there's the deployment that's kind of – that's your sign. Go for it. Uh, moving on, Spencer Knight is on IR. That's an undisclosed injury. He could be back as early as next week. Alex Lyon is backing up Bobrovsky, Trevor Zegras. He was skating today. He was sick, so that's going to be super short term. Freddie Anderson's back. I don't want to dig into this one too much because it is going to come up on our uh, mailbag here shortly. Um, he was activated off injured reserve. He's going to be back in the mix. Uh, Brandon Gallagher out six weeks to a lower body injury. And Eunice Corpusala returned home for the birth of his first child. So congratulations, JK, and uh, hope everything goes well. We had a couple of players here that people were uh, hoping to get on Tuesday Trends, but as you know, we did a different kind of episode on Tuesday. So the first one's Brian Rust, and I know what we're looking for here because his season has been so disappointing. And what people are looking for is like kind of like permission to drop him. He seems like too big of a name to just do it, you know, willy nilly. And, you know, Brian Russ has got the potential. This is where I kind of, you know, everything kind of ties in here. I'm doing a, a bit of a Tarantino. So I'm taking the ending and then I'll wind my way back up here. But Brian Rust is so good that tomorrow he could just start going off. Right. And, and then that's like, if you're going to drop him, because right now he is droppable, the minutes are off. The production is off right now as it stands right now. And I want to be very clear right now. He's a droppable player. His production is not justifying a roster spot. And this is what I'm going to say. If you're fed up, you cannot look back. You can't look back because he's the type of player that tomorrow he could get the top power play back and he could just start going off and he could be like a 90 point pace player the rest of the way. So it's just, if you're going to drop him, you need to forget he exists because you can't let that sort of uh, regret fucking rule the rest of your season. So I think if you're fed up, yeah, and it, it makes a lot of sense. He's not shooting as much. Uh, he's less successful on his shots. He's getting less power play points. He's getting less time on ice, less power play time on ice. And he's, uh, you know, lost that top power play spot to Ricard Raquel right now. And you'd feel a lot better if he was on that. But a 53-point pace it's hard to roster when we're expecting closer to 70, even upwards of that. So I don't know, like as it stands right now, I don't see him breaking into the 60, 65 point place. Like, you know, with the puck lock that he's had, the time on ice going down and, you know, Raquel looks really good. He's scoring goals and that's what coaches look for on a power play unit. So, I mean, it, it feels like he's even kind of fallen down the depth chart, even behind Jason Zucker, who looks rejuvenated as well, who's pacing for over 200 hits uh, with a career high of 87 hits. Jason Zucker is just otherworldly this year. I don't know what's going on. So, I, you know, just to tie it all together, right now, Brian Rust is a droppable player. So if you're going to do it, don't blame me, first of all, because I was very careful in... um. <laughs> 
in not saying, yeah, you should drop him. He is a droppable player. His stats are droppable. But I'll be very clear. He has the potential to go off. His boom potential is just as big as his bust potential. So if you're going to drop him, just forget he exists. Don't have any regrets. Somebody will pick him up and, you know, he could be a 50-point player the rest of the way. And then that's somebody else's problem. Or he could hit for them. And maybe, you know, you turn it into a streamer spot. I don't know. But uh, what's your take on Brian Ross here? Well, that's funny you mentioned that because he did get dropped in, in one of my leagues four games ago and I picked him up right away because of exactly like what you just said. Like I had a, I had a space for him. And just the feeling of Pittsburgh hasn't been scoring at all as a team for a little while. They've been losing a lot, not scoring. Uh, but he's got now, he's got three points in the last two games. Uh, grain of salt with that, it is Arizona and Vancouver, those last two games. So goals are a little cheaper there. But... Um, <laughs> Well, he's two out of the past three years. He's been close to a point per game. So he, he's a obviously great player. Pittsburgh, you know, they can score. So right now you got to treat him as a streamer who might go off, but like he could legitimately just go off for 42 games right now. Um, that's how good he is. So it's a tough call. I would say if you have the space, pick him up or hang on to him if you can, but he is yeah. very droppable if you're in a pinch and need to drop somebody. Like, And that's the thing. If you're in a pinch, like the closer you are to the top of the standings, the more comfortable you can get with keeping him on your roster. If you're closer to the bottom and every single week is a tooth and nail kind of fight to get into the playoffs, then yeah, you kind of have to move on. Um, you have to treat it like you're already in the playoffs and you have to drop dead weight. Brian Rust tomorrow could get that extra 90 seconds that he's missing. Time on ice. And he could find that 0.75 of a shot per game over the next rest of the season. And that's the hard thing is you can't just, I can't just stamp Brian Rust and say, oh yeah, he's spent. He's done. It's, you know, it's game over for him and his season is, is a bust. He's got that potential. So, you know, he could go off without a moment's notice. And that's the risk of having him. So it is a really heavy uh, kind of guillotine to drop. What's that word I'm looking for? Like it's it's a hard pill to swallow, really, because he is he's got that potential. The ceiling's high, but we're seeing the floor right now, and that sucks. And I think the same thing is true with Patrick Liney, who's next up on the docket here. 59-point pace, which is uh, the same... <laughs> Get this. I just got an update. Max Petretti is hurt. He's got a lower... I, I didn't mean to laugh, but it's just like, of course. Oh my gosh. He's not going to return to tonight's game. He's got a lower body injury, and apparently it's not related to his Achilles injury. So there's Max Petretti for you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, all right. Patrick Line here. 59-point pace. That's the same as Jason Zucker, for what it's worth. Uh, Line is shooting the most he ever has, and it's the lowest shooting percentage he's ever had. He's got four power play points on the year. That's Columbus. And I think that's kind of like, that's the whole picture here. Columbus is bad. They're bad. And I mean, he's missed a bunch of games, but he's played 25 games. And there just hasn't been the magic with Goudreau that, uh, you know, I know I was definitely hoping that that, that would pop off in the way it could, but it has not. <laughs> it has not. I mean, Goudreau's doing a little better himself, but Line has just not come to fruition. And, and like you said, he's 
he's getting a ton of shots and they're not going in, which often says a lot about the quality of shots you're getting, right? It's not like they're facing amazing goalies every single night and no one else is. It says a lot about, you know, how like people, when you play with Connor McDavid, your shooting percentage goes up at least 10% right away just because you're getting the sweetest setups you could imagine. And that's not happening from Johnny Goudreau right now because you know Line A can shoot if he's if he's got the chance. So That was really, that was supposed to be such a good pet, like a good pair. Oh, I was, I mean, I think every preseason episode I talked about being so excited about that pair and it has totally not. Luckily, I didn't get them, either of them in any league. Personally, I'm happy about that. Uh, but yeah, it sucks. I, I, I don't have any faith in line A. And um, one thing we've learned about him in his career is when he's unhappy and not feeling it, he will just like suck for a long time. Um, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd I'd avoid, I'd avoid as as much as you can. Uh, I'm looking at expected goals here, and Line A's expected goals is in the same range as Lucas Sedlak, Nick Ritchie, Evgeny Svechnikov, Milan Lucic. If that tells you anything, Brock Besser is there. Uh, Michael Amadio, who did all his goal scoring in the last couple weeks. Yeah, so I mean it's. In terms of like getting to the dangerous areas, he's getting to just as dangerous areas as Lucas Sedlak. Uh, so it just doesn't spell good for for his, you know, his projections and what have you. You know, if we get into the underlying stats, his on ice shooting percentage is like everything is is down. Shooting percentage, on ice shooting percentage, IPP, this, that, the other thing, and that, and that's that's kind of where I draw the line. Is like is. Columbus a place for those numbers to like can they can they come back is Columbus a good enough team to like justify that like can you insulate a player like line a to bring him back to the mean or does a team like Columbus the team they are this year does that move your mean down like what mean are you really regressing to Columbus's or line A's and as it stands right now you are you're kind of like assimilating to Columbus versus assimilating to a Patrick Line type year. And if he is going to hit 55, 60 points, which is where I think he'll wind up, he's a 59-point player right now, if he wants to break out of that, he's got to do it himself. He's got to start scoring those goals that, I mean, he had nine shots the other night, none of them went in. So, you know, he's he's trying. He's not getting to as dangerous area as he should be getting to, but, you know, not for lack of trying. He's still putting shots out there. If he wants to break out of it, he's going to have to do it himself. And, you know, thinking back to that month where he had like 15 goals. Remember that? He had like a five-goal night. Of course, I was playing him that week, but yeah. Well, and I think uh, it says it says good things about uh, Wierenski, the fact that he's been, he's been out for so long. And <clears throat> it's really thrown the team off, right? They just, they have no... They have no no cohesion. They have no D who can run anything. I mean, like, you know, guys like Gavrikov are fine in, in imaginary land, but with uh, <laughs> they've lost a few people over the last couple of years. And yeah, and, and Wierenski is their their offensive D man. He's their power play guy. He's their minute minute man. And, and I think it, it says a lot about about that their power play seems to be nothing the team seems to really struggle so i just i have no faith that like you said i I don't see a path back it's tough 
like when you when you're kind of banking on teams like that you know i know zach a couple episodes ago said somebody's got to score but this is a perfect case where no they don't sometimes your team's just bad nobody needs to score you can get shut out um and their their power play quarterbacks to your point like adam boquist is running the top power play he was scratched a couple games ago so he went from quarterbacking the top power play to the press box and that's the kind of volatility that this yeah hopefully it helped maybe he saw something from up there that really resonated with him and he can fix but i don't know there's it's a big big gash right now and and a band-aid's not going to do it all right pierre-luc dubois he's on a 96 point pace he is my guy is hot uh the good i'm gonna get give you the good the bad the good he's getting the best power play tom and ice he's ever had and uh, he is cashing in on the power play. He's on pace for 34 power play points right now, which is almost double his career high. It's 16 power play points more than his career high, to be exact. Um, high danger Corsi 4 per 60 at 5v5 is like right up there with David Pasternak. And to be honest, I'm kind of cherry picking that because Dubois is 225th and uh, Pasta is 237th. So he is getting more high danger chances for than posture knock but uh they're both kind of like in the middle of the league here you know i don't know if he's a 90 point guy but i I do think he is in for a career year uh and the bad to go with the good here uh he's got a high shooting percentage his secondary assists percentage is very high Uh, on ice shooting percentage is rivaling like it's not out of range to a point where it's unsustainable but it is maybe this should have been in the good but his on ice shooting percentage is rivaling his breakout year 18 19 back in columbus so you know maybe that's a Maybe that's a point for the good, but, um, you know, all the, the typical sustainability red flags are kind of there, but this does have the feel of like a unsustainable year to it rather than just a streak because he's already gone half the season and he's on 90 point pace. So like I got him for a point per game. I think I'll slow down a little bit. I don't know. What's your take here? I knew he was having a really good year, but to be honest, I had no idea that he was that far over a point per game and crushing it that hard. Like when I looked at uh, recent games, the first thing I saw was a four point night against Vancouver, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's that's throwing the percentages off." And then I hit, you know, uh, full season stats, and it didn't change. Like he's he's been solid all year long. And one the other thing I noticed when I was looking him up earlier, I always forget he's he's twenty four right now. He, it seems like he's been around forever, right? And we've been talking about him forever. Uh, but he's only 24 years old, which, you know, for his style of play, a lot of people consider that to be the start of your prime, right? Like 24 to 27. So he seems to just be getting better and better. And like you said, in reference to his power play points, it's definitely way more than he's ever had. But think about what we were just saying about Columbus, right? He came from Columbus and... <laughs> There's not many power play points to to be had down there. So, um, and then with Wheeler being out and kind of Shifley and Wheeler, you know, turning themselves into the second line now as opposed to you know the the premier players. Yeah. So I think even though his power play points are a lot more and his paces are a lot more, it's not. It is kind of for good reason, right? Like like I said, Connor is is great. Um, and that whole line is kind of overtaken, you know, the Shifley Wheeler combo as sort of being the number one combo. So I'm, I'm fully in on PLD. Like I know he wants to go play in Montreal after they get, uh, Connor Bedard, but 
for this year, he's trying to earn himself a big <laughs> next contract, and he seems to be like well on the way. And I, I, I'm, I'd be happy if I had him. I don't personally, but I, I wish I did. I'd definitely put him down as a power forward, and I think um, Dauber, he's he's got that like breakout threshold, and I think it's 200 games for like a normal player, and then 400 games. I think somebody gonna have to correct me if it's 300, but. Dubois, he's got 403 games, so we might be in that perfect breakout threshold uh, for him. So, I mean, it's it's awesome that that it's really starting to come together. He has 17 power play points right now. His career high is 18, and we're only halfway through the season. So he's about to break his career high in power play points, and we still have half a season to go. This next one I think is pretty easy. Uh, actually, you know what? It probably just got uh, a wrench thrown into the mix, but uh, Tavo Teravainen and my opinion here was yeah Patretti's in Tevo Teravainen moves down even further but Teravainen is on the fourth line he's not even is he on a power play yeah he's kind of like on a power play uh they split their power plays up weird but I don't know Teravainen for me his 42 point pace you know he's got to go he's been a 15 minute player all year long and then it went down to 13 and his last game was 11 minutes so i was call. i said he's to me he's right in that uh he's a brock besser territory for me where i i wish this wasn't the case and you remember a time when this wasn't the case and the promise was high but it's just it's t- you got to drop him yeah things could always change because i mean stefan nason was playing on the top line a little bit here and there so we'll see what happens with uh, max petretti spot and and who fills in there so keep an eye all right let's move into the mailbag mailbag blarg from discord uh can i win with this goaltending he's got mark andre Fleury, skinner and Hart. his categories are wins goals allowed average save percentage and shutouts and he's got six skater categories so a six to four ratio there goalies pretty important and good goalies are even more important you got the shutouts the save percentage the goals allowed average you're looking for quality stats flurry should be good skinner's been a um you know revelation and spencer knight he's good for the you know 35 40 games that he's gonna play he's got hart vimelka bennington and all the buffalo goalies on the wire what is your move here? Out out of all of those goalies listed that he has and that are available, um, rest of season, I would be the most interested in Flurry and Bennington, actually, um, for both amount of games, but also like over the course of a season, you know, when there's proven track records like you know, St. Louis is a decent team. Uh, Minnesota is a decent team, and Flurry is a good goalie. You know, he's had a crap start to the season, but that almost guarantees. I mean, you know, someone's going to say I'm wrong here, and I'm sure I will be, but it almost guarantees Flurry is going to have a decent second half of the season. He is a lig- literally like a Hall of Fame level goalie. Um, he's not all of a sudden terrible. And Minnesota, I feel like they got a little worse this year, but they're they're not a bad team either. So I, I would trust that Flurry's going to turn it around. I would trust that Bennington's going to get the most games. He's going to get a lot more games than Knight. Skinner is always, you know just one game away from being replaced completely by Campbell again. So 
and Carter Hart is is really risky, right? Like we've seen him be the best goalie and the worst goalie both this season and both times over the last few seasons. So if you're wanting a safe bet, I'm looking at Flurry and Bennington out of that as probably your safest bet. But I think, you know, in the end, something like Skinner and and Veggie could end up being the highest upside maybe. There's no volume there, so Vimelka doesn't really uh, do it for me. I like Hart. He just put a really, really good game together. Uh, the Flyers are actually, what are they, 6-1 and one in their last seven games? Uh, they're, they're playing pretty good right now, and I think there's a lot to be said there. Um, what I find about Marc-Andre Fleury is he's getting caved in on the power or on the penalty kill rather um 864 there not doing so hot but his five on five save percentage 914 really really good so i think there's a lot to be said there um about his season and whether or not he fixes things well that, and that's sorry i was just gonna say that's that's kind of exactly what i mean right there right he is a good goalie and he's actually playing well but they have no penalty kill and that seems to be where he's really getting crushed. So that tells me that he is actually, as a goaltender, he's he's fine. But the team around him and the structure, and I mean, they've lost some pretty important D over the last couple of years, uh, veteran-type penalty-killing D, so not too surprising. They're going to get chicken. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, Minnesota Wild, like they're one out of every four power plays they give up winds up in the net. One out of every four kind of five. So they're, they're giving up quite a bit uh, when it comes down to it. For me, I, I agree with you. I think I'm getting rid of Knight at this point, and I probably go Hart and maybe just float that third goalie, treat that like a zero-G option, and just ride the hot hand wherever you can find it on the waiver wire. There's a lot of hot hands in Buffalo. You can always kind of, like if all three are on the waiver wire right now, they're probably going to stay on the waiver wire, and you can spot start when it, when it uh, looks really good. All right, next up, O'Malley Cat on Discord is asking, is... Addison droppable. He is what is he? he's in a points league, I think it is, but um, no points in his last three, averaging 1.3 shots on goal per game. The only real calling card to this is he's got 15 power play points, but he only has 21 plus. So it's like if the power play is not clicking, he's not clicking. Um, real Keith Yandel type stats here, and it's it really, really Keith Yandel esque. Uh, what do you, what do you think? I'm just a hundred percent agreed. I mean, one hit every three games blocks a shot every, every couple of games. Um, if you have a ridiculous value on power play points, then he's a, a really good pickup, but literally that is all he does. So yeah, I mean, he's, he is, as a defenseman, he's pretty useless. To me, dropping him is not an option. I'd be like considering if I even want to stream him kind of thing. Like he's a streamer. That's a decent choice at best. I mean, Jared Spurgeon's looking better. This guy, Jake Wallman, is really coming on strong. Uh, 35 shots in his last 12 games. He's 2% rostered. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out whether or not you are looking for a replacement option or if you're going to be turning that into a streamer spot. And at this point, like I'd rather have a streamer spot than, than Kalen Addison. And um, if you're looking at replacement options, Brady Shea is out there. He's doing a bunch uh, he's got nine points in his last 13 games. Jake Wallman's got three goals, two assists, 35 shots in his last 12. And there's guys out there that are that are pretty available that, you know, kind of outplay 
what he's doing right now. Brett Pesci even has seen a bunch of power play time in Carolina. And he's got seven assists, two of them on the power play in his last 14 games. So half point per game right there. So, you know, that's a click better than what, um, than what Addison's doing. So, you know, whatever, whatever you're planning on doing guys like Keandre Miller, he's got 10 points in his last 12 games, 25 hits, 16 blocks, 23 shots to boot. Keandre Miller, 47% rostered. You know, there's guys out there that you can go for. Esselin Dell's doing a bunch. Uh, Dmitry Orlov is always banging up around. Um, there's there's some options, guys. Like, I think it might be time to move on from Madison. Grim Caliber on Discord. What's the best advice for somebody who's currently in first place? And I remember this question. He is pretty comfortably in first place. All you got to do is just like plan ahead. You know, keep treading water in your matchups at this point and just plan ahead. Like, you, you know... <laughs> you're doing good. So is that, is just don't listen to us. Yeah, exactly. It'll be fine. Uh, you can, you know, you can start making moves to to bolster yourself in the playoffs because at this point you're already kind of there. We're in week, what, 13, 14. So, you know, you've got a good enough record to, to probably float the rest of the way to the point where one or two roster spots aren't going to make or break your season if you're just planning for playoffs. Yeah, it seems like you're, comfortably in first and not too long until the the fantasy playoff starts so if you know as long as you're not even close to being at a risk of falling out of the playoffs um you can start thinking more about setting yourself up for the playoffs right like if even you don't if you're not concerned so much about getting an extra game played here or there like start making pickups now that are going to be good for you in the first or second week of the playoffs if you're struggling to make the playoffs which obviously probably you know the middle of the pack in your league is going to be struggling to make the playoffs and doesn't have the luxury to pick and choose and hold on to people so i'll just try to take advantage of that and kind of leading especially into the bye week um once you get into the bye week if your team league does that most leagues uh if you're in first and second you get a bye in the first round of the playoffs so if you do that's a great time to really keep your eyes open for those panic moves right because uh once the playoffs start um it's kind of anything goes so sometimes you have to drop amazing players because you just need to get to the next round so uh, if you have that bye week try to make some moves now so in that bye week you can have a couple of picks ready to go or when other people make panic drops and then you can be the first one there and just something we should actually say overall is is now is the time to really be mindful of your waiver wire too if you're you know first or second in the waiver wire order do what you can to hold on to that until it's really worthwhile because because there's going to be some crazier and crazier claims to be made as the the last couple weeks approach and i think now is the perfect time to remind everybody that ellie tolvanen has six points in seven games yeah. Uh, for the Seattle Kraken. Fucking yes. Nice. So he scored again tonight. He's got four goals, two assists in seven games. Right on. That's so great. That's so great. <clears throat> All right. Ruckus. He wants to know, what's everybody's take on Freddie Anderson once he comes back? Does he put up good numbers while getting the majority of starts, or do they go with more of a time split with Ranta? I think it's. I think Freddie gets volume. It's not going to be big volume, like 75% of the starts or anything, but I could see him going 60-40 with Ranta. And uh, putting up good numbers, that's what Carolina does. So that's my short and sweet answer. 
Yeah, my short and sweet answer is also yes to to that. Um, he's in the game tonight. They're five minutes left in the second, and he's got saved 15 out of 16 shots. So he's got a 938 so far tonight. So, so far, fine. Again, he is, they're easing him back. He's playing Columbus. So maybe see how he does next couple of games. He's got Pittsburgh and Vancouver, who both score a lot. So you'll really see what kind of shape he's in then. I wouldn't get too excited about what he does against Columbus tonight. But he, he is winning and saving most of the shots. He doesn't need to rest for the playoffs. He's had a rest already. Uh, he more needs to get in shape for the playoffs, and Carolina clearly has a legitimate chance to win the Cup the way they're playing. So, And the depth. I mean, I was looking at their roster. You got Tara Vinan on the fourth line. It's not like he's a shit player anymore. You know, when we're talking real hockey and stuff, to have him and Kakanyemi and Nason on your fourth line, like the depth there is insane. It's crazy. All right, here's O'Malley Cat again. He was the one that asked us about Addison, and uh, we get a little more insight into why he's looking to drop him. What's the play for when Jenner comes back? He's stashed on his IR and would most likely have to drop Krejci or Addison. Addison's your drop, but I'm not super, I'm like, I'm not holding on to Jenner tight. Uh, I think, you know, Columbus is Columbus. We've been through that a couple times this episode, and I don't know. Like Jenner is great, especially like I I didn't get his skater categories or his uh, scoring at all. But like if you're in a banger league, then yeah, Jenner has a ton more value, uh, tons of shots, good hits, sixty point pace, a lot of face offs if you're playing in that kind of league. So um, it really comes down to what kind of league you're in. Yeah, I got him in a uh, a face offs categories league, the Great White North League, and he's been indispensable in that league he's the face-offs are, are really good and the uh kind of category coverage is really good and he doesn't he doesn't depend on people he's he's decent regardless kind of thing i mean 22 points in 30 games is is about his his pace i'd say so as long as you're expecting that like he's not amazing but he's he's amazing if all the categories matter yeah, I mean, almost two hits a game, close to 12 face-offs a game. His power play points are the best they've ever been on a per-game basis, which is awesome. His shots, the same thing, over three. That's the first time he's ever been over three. So if you're in a Cats league, I hold on to him. If you're in a points league, he's probably, like, I'm definitely dropping Addison to bring Jenner back. Not, I'm keeping Krejci at this point, but, you know, Jenner is probably bottom of your roster, depending on what the rest of your roster looks like. All right, Swiss Cheese has a question for us. Jeff Skinner or Jordan Kiru, 12-team, redraft, head-to-head cats, goals, assists, plus-minus, power play points, pims, shots, hits, and blocks. My instinct is Kiru, Kairu. Bomber about this one is Kairu is minus 19. And if you're playing a plus-minus league, surprisingly enough, Jeff Skinner is plus 14, uh, which is wild. More stable points per game from Jordan Kairu. Uh, Jeff Skinner... I don't know. Like, I, I feel like Zach a little bit here. I don't buy it, but it's happening. Uh, I feel like Kyrou's got the more stability. He's got more goals. He's got more power play points. The plus minus is going to suck, but maybe you can just punt that one. He's got more shots. He's got more shots per game. Like everything that Skinner's good at, Kyrou's doing better. He's got more goals. He's got more shots. You know, like, and he's kind of more stable. Like, I don't know if Jeff Skinner's a ninety point player, but I know Jordan Kyrou is a point per game player yeah so i'm voting kairu here yeah i'm I, i'm kiro kairu uh whatever hero whatever you want to call him jordan jordan uh jk 
JK, he's um yeah, he's great. I, I hate plus minus enough that I would just ignore it altogether as a category and, and focus on other things, which allows you to get players like like Cairo because people are scared of the plus minus. But yeah, I mean St. Louis as a team to me just feels better than Buffalo as a team. Like it would be very not crazy if all of a sudden Skinner got three points in the next ten games. Like that wouldn't be out of character whatsoever. But Cairo is kind of surrounded by enough people that have been doing it for a long time, right? Like the team hasn't changed that much. So his his production should only get better than it has. And I, I definitely take Cairo. Uh, Biz778 asks, what do we think about Brock Nelson? He's looking to have a career season so far. Is it sustainable? Curious since the Islanders and himself seem to be coming down to earth after their strong start to the season. Uh you know, Brocktober, it's a real thing. We're looking at 39 points for Brock Nelson in 42 games. That's great. IPP looks great. Shooting percentage looks great at all strengths. His expected goals and goals is very close, so I don't mind that at all. I don't know. Like, you know, secondary assists are at 35%. I like what he's what he's throwing down. I don't think there's a ton to kind of hate on at this point. Uh, he's got one point in his last four. He's on a 74-point pace. Everything seems pretty believable here. Yes, he is, to me, he is uh, Logan Couture out east. He's he's actually good, and nobody wants to admit that he's a good center to have. He really is. Uh, he doesn't take all their face-offs. Um, JGP does that, but outside of that, I mean, Nelson's a great all-round center. His goals aren't out of whack power play points on aren't out of whack he's um yeah he's good but he him and Anders Lee just have that stigma of no matter what they do they play on the Islanders and we treat them like the Islanders from three years ago no matter what both of them are great pickups a lot of people say the Islanders are where offense goes to die but really it's where offense goes to get ignored and uh Brock yeah. Nelson is a perfect example of that so I like him you know he, he's probably going to cool off with the rest of the team as that all goes but He's a 65, 70-ish point player, and he's been that three out of his last four seasons with one season that just kind of came out of nowhere, and I'm not even sure why. But yeah, I, I like him as kind of, like if he's useful to you right now, he's going to be useful to you the rest of the way. That's that's what I got. All right, next up is Danny99. Is it time to stop holding on to Nick Paul? Yes. Yep. All right. All right, Aztec Discord says, what's your opinion uh, he wants our opinion on Patrick Kane. He was wanting to maybe move for Forsberg, move Forsberg for Kane, building for next season as his team isn't cut to win this year. And he also has seven keepers. I I like Forsberg better at this point. Forsberg's yeah. on a hot, really, really hot streak. Um, Patrick Kane, you know, depending on what team he goes to and where he signs next year, that's a lot. But like, you're gambling on that. He could go somewhere and it couldn't work. Regardless, he's not. He's he's done caring about hockey. He it could very well turn into a Johnny Goudreau situation, right? Like the thing is, like Kane has won his cups. He had that amazing decade, uh, full on amazing decade. Had the like the love with toes, and they've been shit on by the team now, and just they're the old guys who are on the way out, and it's dragged on for a, a season now. And wherever he goes next, I just don't see him caring, unless he ends up in Edmonton with McDavid, I don't see him caring about hockey that much, right? Like, he's going to get a good 
probably a big payday for two or three seasons. And if Edmonton or Pittsburgh or Colorado can pull it off and he can end up there, then he's going to be something for a year or two. But he's going to get picked up at the deadline, probably removed again somewhere else, and then just going to coast. That, that's my prediction for the rest of his career. So I wouldn't break up your team to acquire Kane right now. And Forsberg is going to be good for like probably three, four more years. Like he's good. Yeah, and he'll be on the same team. Uh, you know, there's there's plenty to like with with Forsberg here, and there's just too much to gamble on with Patrick Kane. So for me, just give me the the conservative player here. Um, you know, I could wind up being really wrong. Like Kane could go off somewhere, and it could really click. But uh, give me the give me the side with the less ifs. So that's where I'm at. All right, that is it for the hefty, hefty mailbag and pseudo Tuesday, Thursday trends. Let's get on to the weekend preview, and it's short and sweet. We're going to talk about Winnipeg and Winnipeg only, really. Um, they're the only team with a Friday-Sunday this whole weekend. You know, what are what are we going to talk about? There's Blake Wheeler, there's Cole Perfetti, there's Neil Pionk. That's about it, bud. Like, there's not a ton going on there. Yeah, and they're finally a team that um, isn't being led in scoring by a third-string defenseman because um, <laughs> Morrissey finally is not their leading scorer. It's taken a long, long time. He's still doing great. He's still well over point per game, but uh, as we were talking about earlier, Connor and, and PLD have really, really clicked. They've taken over the lead. Uh, Wheeler, what, 49% rostered right now, so available in lots of leagues surprising he went down with their his ownership went down with how well they're playing right now yeah he i mean he's been back for four games since since that injury uh and he's only got one assist uh nothing tonight so one assist in four games so he is cool but it usually takes like it happened at the start of this season it happened last season it takes him a good like 10 15 games to like warm up his old bones and start being good right like he had such a slow start the last couple seasons and followed by just crazy hot streaks so it looks like he's starting off cold after having a few games off uh i'd treat him like a streamer and but with this schedule that they got coming up now's the time you're looking for a streamer after this three-day, four-day period, and you get these games played out of him, if he's not producing, do not hesitate to kick him to the curb. He's not hes not the old Wheeler, and he's not Wheeler on a hot streak. And he's, uh, you know, like in the old days for the last, you know, he had a good season or two where when he was cold, he didn't want to drop him, and he'd hold on to him for 25 games and ruin your season. Like now, people aren't doing that. You can, you can drop him, and then he'll probably still be there when you come back. So... What I like about Winnipeg this weekend is that, like, if you're in a Cats league, this is a great team to <clears throat> have a good schedule with. Like, Brendan Dillon, Dylan DeMello, Dylan Sandberg, all these Dillons, Dylan DeMello, Brendan Dillon, Dylan Sandberg, <laughs> all the Dillons, they're banging. They're throwing out the riffs like crazy. Morgan Barron is hitting a bunch. Adam Lowry's hitting a bunch. There's blocks to be had everywhere that you kind of look. Uh, the points is just what's hard to find, especially points that aren't already rostered Ehlers he's killing it uh back with a vengeance and he is 90% rostered Cole Perfetti Mom spaghetti. you know he's got four points in his last nine games over the last month and yeah I'd probably pick Blake Wheeler at this point but Cole Perfetti try eligible there's there's a lot to like here and he's maybe the best option for points yeah for sure like I like 
I like Perfetti. Mom Spaghetti. Like, I, I like him, and I like him as a player, and, and he's one of the few guys I <laughs> knew when he was a prospect, not in the league yet, so that always makes me feel good. But he's not really that great. His deployment's killer, in theory, but uh, he's been playing with Shifley and, and Wheeler. That helps. But does it? Yeah, I guess you're right. In the good times, they're great. That's an amazing line. That's a point-per-game line uh, some months. And then other months, you're like, what is wrong with this team? Uh, so I think Perfetti, especially if he's on that line, he's not going to be the, the play driver. It's going to be Wheeler and Shifley doing their thing. And if Perfetti can pick up the garbage, then great. So he's kind of at the mercy of the other two guys when he's playing on that line, I think. And, and as we just saw, Wheeler is is cold. But, I mean, like if we're talking about Winnipeg having the best schedule, he's probably a guy I would I would pick up. Not not a lot of power play opportunities, right? Like they got a lot of good forwards on that team who have every right to be on the power play, and it's just not really a road for him right now. Friday, there's a bunch of games. Uh, Winnipeg, like we said, they're they're playing Pittsburgh, and in Pittsburgh, you can find guys like you know maybe Brian Rust is on your waiver wire, and uh, he's fifty five percent roster at this point. Maybe you can stream him in. Ricard Raquel, fifty seven percent rostered. Go for him. If you need hits, Jesus, Jason Zucker's out there. Go for him. Edmonton, San Jose. Um, I still really like this Clem Costin kid. He got in a good old good old fight. Uh, he's got five goals, two assists in his last month, 14 games there, and 54 hits in that span. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, what do you think? Like, who who's your Friday streamer? Well, I streamed Costin uh, for this week, and last night he got two goals. And on the same team, I had Scott Lawton, uh, who had a goal and two assists. So I streamed both of them for hits in a hits league, and they ended up being my leading points guys. <laughs> so that was nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do, <laughs> I do like, and I fully understand the Cinderella-ness of it, but I like Clem Costin. Uh, the hits are crazy good. And like I was saying earlier, right, like you, you're on McDavid's team. Well, guess what? Now you have a 33% shooting percentage and five goals in six games or whatever he's got right now. Um, that's what happens. And he's he's actually the kind of guy who might be good for a couple of weeks um, because uh, – He's not trying to get fancy. He realizes what's going on here. And if he can just stand there, they're going to let him stand there. The problem is, do you see this time on ice? Yeah, it's like uh, sub 10 minutes a lot of the time, Yeah, which is a problem. Uh, but, hey, production is all that matters. And if it's happening, uh, which it kind of is, don't uh, expect that he's a new find or anything. It's a stream and, and nothing more. Sunday, you're looking at Arizona playing Winnipeg. I like the Winnipeg side of that, but there's a couple options in Arizona that you should be checking out. Barrett Hayden is actually uh, heating up. He's got 10 points in his last 14. That accounts for like most of his points on the season, but he is heating up. Uh, 34 shots in that span, not doing great in the faceoffs. He's hitting a bit, so I don't know. Wanted to shout out Barrett Hayden here. Nick Schmaltz always doing his thing. He's got, Jesus, he's got 12 points in his last 13. He's doing Nick Schmaltz stuff, and he's 20% rostered. Christ, we're doing this again. Every year we do this. Every single <laughs> yeah. year we talk about Nick Schmaltz until everybody else talks about Nick Schmaltz and then everybody's like, oh, gee, thanks, guys. Pick him up, man. All right, uh, Vancouver and Carolina. I see you got like Zach Scott, Seth Jarvis, Paul Stasny in here. 
I think Jarvis is a pretty good uh, pump and dump. And then let's just talk about next week where Philly's got five games. It's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just want to say Owen Tippett can rip it. So sign him up. Get you some Owen Tippett in your life. Uh, He's got five goals, five assists in his last 13 games, a couple of power play points in there, 36 shots on goal. Uh, Short of Travis Konechny for – for a lot, but yeah, everyone is kind of short of Travis Konechny anymore, who is just losing his mind. 13 goals in his last 13 games. I have no idea what to make of it, but it's fun that it's happening. And your guy, Scott Lawton, definitely worth checking out. Absolutely. And I'm not sure how things work down in Philly, but he got two power play points last night in those three points. No idea. No idea. Actually, in the last two weeks, he leads the team in power play points. Or the last month. So did he just did he just refuse to get off the ice or something? Or like how's he how's he doing this? But you know, again, we're talking about a five game week. That's huge. You know, like I mentioned earlier in the week, if you could happen to hold your Philly players through this week and into next week, um, it's gonna pay off. Yeah. I would I would hold Scott Lawton if I'm if I were you, Raj. He's uh he's point per game over the last month, yeah. which is wild. Um this is crazy. Like Tony D'Angelo, 10 points in his last 11. Joel Farabee, 9 points in his last 13. Cam York's got 8 points. Morgan Frost has got 9 points. Kevin Hayes has got 8. Like, there's a lot going on, and it's kind of wild. Um, so it'll, it'll be fun. Like, there's a lot of, like, very, very available guys to go out and get in Philadelphia. Oh, it's a tale of two teams, right? Like, the start of the season was like this. Then there was the <laughs> next quarter was just garbage, and now they're yep. back to... And here we are. And uh, the other side of Pennsylvania, we got Pittsburgh. They got four games, three off nights next week. There are a ton of teams with four games, two off nights. There's almost 60 games next week, which is nuts. Uh, And then the only bad teams to really roster are Carolina and the New York Rangers. Uh, They only have two games. Neither of them are off nights. So anybody that we're streaming in this weekend, we're talking Seth Jarvis or, you know, Brett Pesci, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Even Lafreniere, we're like, we're probably ditching them next week. Uh, just in terms of games played, because it is going to be a heavy night. Uh, your opponent's going to have a lot of games, so you should too. Get rid of those fringe guys. That's it. What do you say? Curtains. Curtains, baby. That's it for the weekend preview. We got your week preview coming at you later this week. But yeah, we'll catch you next week. If you guys want to find us, we're on Twitter at FHF Hockey. We're in the Fantasy Hockey Discord. Bam. Love you guys. Bye. Love you.